Michael to continue on the series, Go. Go. All right, I'm going. See ya. Go. That was fast, Jake. Those are like speedy announcements. I barely had time to get through makeup. (laughs) Not really. Well, hey, good morning. It's great to see everyone. And like Jake was saying, uh, we're uh, third week of our our Go series, and really the, the heart of this series is as followers of Jesus, that you know, we call ourselves disciples, followers of Jesus, and, and that uh, it's not just enough to be a disciple, we need, we're called to go and make disciples. There's a, there's a, there's a being and a, and a doing in this, in this uh, whole thing of being a disciple, and last weekend, uh, JT was talking about discipleship, and he was talked a lot about evangelism, and he did, a, I thought, a great job of just breaking down evangelism, and, and primarily from the perspective of, of uh, you know, reaching out to people who, who don't yet know Jesus. And, and you know, when you, we're, we, we're going to use this phrase, discipleship, and discipling a lot. When you hear that, here's, here's what I want you to think, that really discipleship is, is uh, us helping someone else take another step closer to Jesus, right? Uh, what I want to talk to you, or talk about this morning uh, is, is really similar to what JT said, but from a, from a different perspective. I want to talk about uh, lifelong discipleship. And like I said, uh, you know, as disciples, the goal of a disciple, the goal of a follower of Jesus is we want to be like him, right? We're following him. We want to be like him. We want to uh, increasingly in our lives, we want to think more like him. We want to uh, talk more like him. We want to act more like him. And uh, it's so important, in, again, in, in this process of, of being a disciple, to remember uh, that it isn't like a, it's not like a one-time decision and you're done, like one and done. It's, it's a lifelong process. This whole thing of becoming more and more like Jesus, we're going to be doing that the rest of our lives. I was talking to my dad uh, this week, asking him some questions. What should I talk about? I'm preaching. Help me. But it was, and he's almost 82, and he said, I... I just constantly keep learning things about life and about what it means to follow Jesus and, and love people the way Jesus does. And so it's important for us to really get it in our minds, both for us and for the, our loved ones and people around us, that this is a lifelong process of becoming more like Jesus, taking another step and another step closer to him. And the primary way that this discipleship happens is it's through God working through us towards one another, right? I mean, preaching is good. Hopefully what I say today is going to be beneficial. But you know that the sad thing as a pastor, you know that by Monday, most people have forgotten what you said, which is really encouraging. But, but so preaching is good. Books are great. Conferences are great. All this, we have so many resources on discipleship, right? But the primary way that we grow and take those steps towards Jesus, become more like Jesus, is it's life on life. It's person to person. And here's what I mean. As I look back at my life, uh, uh, and I'm sure this will be the same for you, as I look back the, and I look at how did I grow? How did I grow as a disciple? How did I take more steps closer to, to Jesus, become more like Jesus? Well, it really, I, I can look back, and there's sometimes are very vivid in my mind where people, what happened is people just came alongside me, put an arm around me, and, and they spoke into my life. Well, here's what I've learned. Let me tell you. You know, loads of encouragement, lots of challenging, uh, uh, you know, conversations. I don't know why, but lots of correction. But, you know, when you said that, <laughs> it seemed like that was an ongoing thing in my life. 
But, <clears throat> but, the, but where I saw the growth happen was when someone spoke into my life and then I tried to walk that out. And then especially when I took what I received and I turned and said to someone else, well, hey, you know what I've been learning? God, like, you know, and, and just spoke into their life. That's where I've seen most of the growth in my life. Matthew 28, 20 says this. Therefore go, this is Jesus speaking, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So how do we do that, Jesus? Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And really the heart of this Go series is, you know, here's what I've given you. Now, uh, you know, now take that and give it away. And, but, you know, wouldn't you say that one of the challenges or one of the uh, consequences of of being born in a sinful world, of having a sinful nature, of having this thing inside us that, that resists God, right, that wants to do our own thing, wouldn't you say that one of the challenges is that uh, we don't naturally go? Does that make sense? I mean, I know I don't naturally go. I'm really good at, you know, if Jesus would have said, therefore, stay, <laughs> you know, I'm way better at staying than I am going. I'm way better at, uh, at getting, at receiving, than I am at giving away what I've received. Um, but we need to remember and, and to remind ourselves that when you say yes to Jesus, when you don't, <clears throat> however, you, you, know, you come to a place where you go, I believe in you. I don't understand you, but I believe in you. I just think you're amazing. If this is true, I, you know, I'm, I want to follow you. When we say yes to Jesus, we don't just receive forgiveness, which it's awesome, we don't just receive uh, in, that, you know, in that process of saying yes to him, we don't just receive eternal life, the, you know, the hope of heaven, which is, I can't wait. But we also receive the call to go. We also receive that you know, we're saved from, we're saved for. Right? There's, there's this enlistment into the, into the mission of God. And, and I think this is a helpful picture. We need to make sure that our, uh, that our Christianity, that we don't treat our Christianity like a gym membership. And I did some research, and, and it was online, so it's true. Um, and these are Google numbers that in the United States, that 16%, so one six, 16% of, of, of the population of this country have a gym membership. So that's like just, again, I don't know, you know, let's say 55 million people in this country have a gym membership. Here's what it said online. It said, close to 70%, 70 of those people Never go to the gym. And maybe, well, we'll just have, we could have a ministry time right now. How many of you, yeah, I won't ask you to raise your hand. Oh, I would, I just don't have the energy to raise my hand. <clears throat> but just think of that. All these people, millions of people, they're, they're not uh, reaping the, the benefits of their membership. There's no change. There's no growth. Yes, they have a membership, but they're not going to the gym they aren't doing anything with it. See, uh, healthy Christian living, the way that we as followers of Jesus work out is by being disciples and then by making disciples, meaning uh, taking what we've received and, and giving it away and helping someone else take a step closer to Jesus. Like in God's gym, see how long I can carry this analogy, but in God's gym, as a member of God's gym, you're just as interested in other people's fitness as you are interested in your own, right? In God's gym, as you help someone else get stronger, you get stronger. Does that make sense? 
And, and here's the thing. Uh, my hunch is most of us are missing out on, the, on, on just a big chunk of Christianity because we're not working out. You know, my hunch is that if there's people here today that you're, if you were honest, you would say, you know what, I'm bored with the routine, the Christian routine. And I think you're bored because you're not working out. You're not going. You've got the membership, but you aren't using. You aren't going to the gym. You aren't, you know, putting into practice what's been given to you. And so what I'm going to do this morning and is just to challenge us. You know, this is a series go. It's, that's a verb. It's, you know, it's, there's got to be a challenge here. And, and I believe God wants to challenge us to, to get in the game, to, to get out to the gym, to, to start working out, to start uh, giving away uh, what he's given us. And, and here's what I can guarantee, that as we do that, a, a, a sense of purpose is going to just come clearer in your life. And your relationship with God, just so much of your life is going to get healthier because you're doing what you were made to do. So let, let me pray and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that. So let's pray. So Lord, uh, uh, thank you so much for your presence. Uh, and I, even as I think about what I, what I know I'm going to say, I thank you that this is your plan. This isn't some smart person years ago thought, you know what, what if we... But this is from the start with your very first disciples. It was okay, now take what I've given you and give it away. Be a disciple. Make disciples. Lord, that's your call for all of us. Lord, not just, not just certain gifted people, it's for all of us. And I pray today that there'd be such a strong sense of invitation of you, our leader, the one we're following, saying, Come, take my hand. Follow me. Let me show you what you were made for. So Lord, I pray that you would just continue, like you were in worship, just continue being personal with each one here. Just come have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now I don't really have uh, like a certain text we're going to be looking at, but we will be looking at verses in the Bible. So, uh, so keep your Bible handy. In your notes there, I'm going to look at three points. <clears throat> <clears throat> One is getting in the game, <clears throat> uh, what holds us back, and then staying in the game. And number one, they're getting in the game. You know, when I think of this in the, <clears throat> in the context of discipleship, that there's certain parts of discipleship are more exciting than others. And here, here's what I mean by that. I'm not a fisherman. I tried. I'm a lousy fisherman. <laughs> uh, but wouldn't you say it's way more exciting to catch a fish than it is to clean a fish? Oh, we got an amen, or a sort of an amen. Um, you know, like you don't get an adrenaline burst when you go, yeah, you know, it's more like, whoa, when you feel the, the pull on the rod. Well, to me, this, this, this whole thing of lifelong discipleship, this process of becoming more like Jesus, it's like this lifelong cleaning process. It's not the exciting part of this whole thing, but it's what we're called to. And, and so uh, uh, when we talk about getting in the game, my first uh, point in that is just how. Okay, how do we do that? How do we do this thing of discipleship? And, and I think a great place to start is to look at the example of Jesus. And, you know, in, in a real simple way, it's like God is, you know, he's, he's looking down on planet Earth and looking at us. And here's like a summary of the Old Testament. God goes, they're just not getting it. You know, it, they need help. And so he sends his son Jesus to Earth. And now think about it. Jesus comes to Earth. 
And he's uh, fully man, but he's fully God. So he can do anything. Right? Couldn't G- could Jesus not have come to earth and just gone, hey, everybody, listen up, done the clapper, and then everybody is discipled, and everybody is mature, and everyone, right? He, like, he could have done that, because he's God. He can do whatever he wants. I mean, he could have, or he could have, uh, he could have uh, called to himself like 1,200 people and said, you're going to be my inner circle, because he could do that, because he's God. But when we talk about discipleship, what is his formula? How does he do it? Well, I mean, you know where I'm going. What he did is he called 12 guys, knowing that one of them wasn't going to make it. But he called 12 guys and he said, hey, I want you to come follow me. Uh, Matthew 4.19 says, Jesus called out to them. This is when he's calling uh, uh, James and John and Peter. Come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. I mean, that's great language when you're calling a fisherman. But, but basically what he's saying is, hey, you guys, I want you to come walk with me. Let's, let's spend time together. Let's live life together. And I'm going to teach you how to be a disciple. And I'm going to teach you how to make disciples. And as we've been you know, getting into this Go series, I've been reading a book to prepare uh, for it. It's by a guy named Mike uh, Breen. And it's a really good book. It's called Building a Discipling Culture. And he talks about uh, three ways that we learn, right? Three ways that we learn. And the first one is really what's happening right now is uh, through classroom or lecture where someone's talking and then hopefully everyone else is listening, right? That's number one way we learn. Number two is apprenticeship where it's shoulder to shoulder where someone is teaching you know, skills to someone else. And then the third way we learn is through immersion, meaning if I want to learn how to speak French, I move to France, and I immerse myself in the, you know, the, the French culture. Well, when we look at Jesus, obviously Jesus taught lots. I mean, there's a lot of red ink in, in the New Testament, right? Jesus taught a lot, but the primary way that he discipled his disciples was through apprenticeship. I mean, you just think, just think of all the stories where... Um, you know, Jesus is going around, and it's like uh, they're going on field trips. You know, today, uh, you know, we're going to go over here, and you guys are going to feed 5,000 people. Or today, you know, we're going to go out in the water, and there's going to be a crazy storm, and you guys are going to cry like babies. You know, it's like, but we just see him constantly taking his disciples along, and there's this constant, uh, it's like, you guys, watch me. Gather around, you guys, and they're all leaning in. Now watch the way I, you know, I handle this situation. Watch the way I pray for this person or, you know, talk to this person and, hey, Peter, get in here. Yeah, put your hand right there. You know, do what I'm doing, Peter. And then, and then he lets them try it out. Now, why don't you guys give it a try? And, and, you know, and he's moving their hands around or he's saying, no, 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 don't call down fire from heaven. I know that sounds real cool. It wouldn't be cool for them, right? But he's, he's assisting them. And then finally, what do we see after all this of watching and, and assisting? Finally, it's like, okay, now you guys go do it, right? That's discipleship. And uh, we see this, uh, uh, or I would love to, I, I mean, or can you imagine like the disciples walking around day by day by day watching and listening to Jesus? I mean, that would have been awesome just to watch how he treats people and to see, hey, he, he talks to women. And again, women, don't be offended. You know what I'm talking about? First, first century, I mean, you know, that just didn't happen. It's like, whoa, look what he's doing. Or look, he values children. Wow, that's good. And look how he talks to people. Look how he prays for people. Look how he, you know, 
He's telling demons to go. He's telling people to, you know, to be healed, all these different things. So they're, they're watching Jesus. And then uh, in Mark 6, we see it says, This Jesus went from village to village teaching the people, and he called his 12 disciples together, and he began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. So they've been with Jesus for a while, and they come into this town. He's like, okay, now you guys go. And here's the thing. If discipleship, and what I've been saying this morning, discipleship is what? It's helping someone take a step closer to Jesus, right? And we, how do we disciple? We disciple by giving away what God has given us. Don't you wish, as the disciples went and, try, and started trying this stuff out, trying to do what Jesus had you know, taught them to do, don't you wish that they had like a documentary following them and watching them? Like, I would love to hear what, you know, James and John, you know, they're brothers, so they're sticking together, and they're going out in this little village walking around, and they come around the corner, and here's someone, you know, that's lame or, you know, has, has a, what, you know, somebody's lame sitting in a chair, and they're like, oh, let's try it, you know, and they walk up, and I, I just would love to see that, and like, okay, how did Jesus stand? Did he stand like this? Did he stand like that? Where did he put his hand? Did he say, be healed, or was it be healed? Or was it be healed? You know, like what, what did he do? And I, I mean, I would love to see them struggle to, to make disciples, to, you know, to give away what God had given them. But I would also love to see, you know that at the end of the day, uh, they're all sitting around the campfire. You know, they're roasting something. I don't know what, um, maybe uh, Hebrew national, national hot dogs, kosher. <laughs> We'd like to thank them for their sponsorship this morning product placement but but there I would love to see that conversation sitting around the campfire and Jesus said so how did it go like wouldn't that have been awesome and they're like man we saw this guy and you know and we prayed for him and you know he shook and screamed and all of a sudden he was okay you know like a demon came out of him and we didn't you know and like or or there was a guy what, what's that Matthew oh I spit in a guy's eye oh is that where you got the black eye Matthew you know it's like but I would have loved to have heard the conversation. But you know what? With Jesus, there's his formula. It's just being together and time together and, and a life-on-life life investment. See, you know what I've realized with discipleship? There's no fast track. Like, I don't know. I mean, I am so tempted when someone, you know, makes a decision to follow Jesus or they're at a certain point in their walk with Jesus. I'd much rather, much rather say, here's a book. Go read this book and that'll disciple you. That would be so much easier. Or here's a pill. I wish there was a, like a multivitamin. But, but the example of Jesus is how do we do this? Is it's, it's just, it takes time. And it's person to person. It's just sitting down and sharing your life with someone else. And, uh, you know, when you, when you hear this, and even with what I'm saying when you, about discipleship, don't just think church. Don't just think Churchy events. Um, one of the things that I, 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 I love when Jesus, you know, when he, after he said, uh, be disciples, you know, go therefore and make disciples, I love that he ends it off by saying, hey, you guys, remember, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And what he's referring to, obviously, we know that days or weeks after that, he ascends to heaven. But basically what he's saying is, now remember, I've given you a mission, but don't forget, uh, I'm going to send my spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to come live in you, 
And he's going to empower you and he's going to guide you and he's going he's to be the fuel, the fire. He's going to show you how to do this. And you know, so really this whole thing of being disciple, it's, it's, it's you, it's us being who we are, just doing what we do, going where we go. But as we go, it's constantly being mindful and purposeful that as followers of Jesus, that I'm a disciple And what that means is that everywhere you go, everywhere I go, the potential of someone else being discipled, the potential of some other person being helped to take a step closer to Jesus is is always there. Does that make sense? Because you're a disciple. So wherever you go, there's potential for for discipleship to go on. And, uh, uh, And that may be with words or may not be with words, the discipling. You may say the name of Jesus to someone, you may not, they may not, he may not come into the conversation, his name. You may pray for the person, you may not pray for the person initially. But discipling is going on because you're a disciple. You know, I'm, uh, in a couple weeks, <clears throat> I'm having lunch with the guy who cuts my hair. And if you want his number, I can get it to you, or, or not. Some guy's like, no thank you. But I've known this guy for over a year, and, uh, uh, and he, he, he knows I'm a pastor, but when we get together, I look forward to sitting down. He's a real talker, and, and I'm a bit of a talker. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, we, and we, you know, we talk about everything. I'm not preachy at all, and uh, I'm just being myself. But myself is what? Myself is a disciple. And we're just talking about life and different things, and, and about, uh, I think it was like two or three weeks ago I, uh, when I last saw him, and, and as we, I was saying goodbye, I shook his hand, and he held my hand, he leaned in, and he said, hey, could we have lunch sometime real soon? And I said, well, yeah, of course. And, and he goes, and this is what he, what he said to me. He said, I want to see if you can convince me about this God thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That's where we're going. Yeah, who's packing? No, okay, wait, wait. We just, we just, we just went and left when I was hoping to go, well, Okay. Mark, good, good, you get participation points, Mark. But, but here's, the, here's the thing that, that is so cool about discipleship is I would bet the farm that I am not the only person in this guy's life who is discipling him. I mean, I'd love to see, I'd love to, you know, like it's like Google Maps, if I could pan back from this guy's life, boop, 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 all these connections of people who are just being disciples who are just sharing their life with this guy. Right? I, I, you just know that there's a lot of people that are helping him take steps towards Jesus. So how do we do it? It's life on life. It's giving away what's been given to us. Well, then another point would be, that's how, well, then who? Who do we disciple? And JT touched on this last, uh, last weekend, and he, he said something last weekend that it made us all chuckle, but he, but he said this, he said, how do I know that God is working in someone's life? Right, that was his question. Then he, his answer was, if they're breathing, excuse me, and we all laughed. Ho, ho, ho. But think about that. God is working in every human being's life. Jesus, you know, one time he's talking to the disciples in John 5, 17, and he goes, my father is always at work. So I don't know about you, so if, if it's like, so does that mean then we're to go to everybody? Like, my, my pulse just went up. 
Because that's overwhelming, isn't it? So where do we start? Here, here's, where, here's where I would say, here's the primary uh, place or people that God's calling us to. Very simple. Who do you see every day? Who do you see every day? Right? Think of your routine. Who are the people that you see every day? At, you know, your family, your neighbors, uh, the people you work with, who sits beside you, you know, in the cubicle or uh, uh, at school, who's, who, whose locker is, is beside you? Uh, where, do you sh- where you shop, your favorite restaurant, I mean, start there. You probably have people going through your mind, it's like, whoa, that's a lot of people. I mean, that's a lifelong mission field right there. Just the people that you see each day. And here's the thing that I think is cool about this whole just, you know, giving away what you've been given, uh, uh, this thing of discipleship is that, is that the people that are in your sphere aren't in my sphere for the most part. I mean, obviously as a church we're pretty connected. But, but I mean, just look at all these people and I wonder how many hundreds of people are represented by your immediate sphere. Does that make sense? Right? That's, that's where it starts. It starts there. But here's the thing. Wouldn't you say, uh, for many of us, we would rather go on a two-week mission trip, missions trip to Brazil and, you know, get a sunburn, be sleep-deprived, get a stomach virus, get a rash. We would rather do that than go to our neighbor or go talk to the guy or gal, you know, at work or the person at school. So let me look at, this is number two in your notes, uh, a couple reason, reasons uh, that we struggle, that we, we know, that we hold back from doing, from going. And these may sound, maybe, maybe not the, uh, like the first reasons that would come to your mind, but the first one is this. What holds us back? First one is this. We've forgotten whose job it is to save. Like, I don't know about you, but when I take it on myself, or I somehow uh, start thinking that I'm the Savior, I don't even, wanna, I don't even want to be around people. Because people overwhelm me. Does that make sense? I mean, I want to run. I want to run. We have to remember that only God is the Savior. Only God is the rescuer. Luke 19.10. Here's what Jesus says about himself. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. He's the Savior. He's the rescuer. I mean... Who's coming to your mind right now that is just the person that that weighs on your heart the most? Only Jesus can save that person. Only Jesus can rescue that person. Your part is just to point them to Jesus, to the rescuer, to the the savior. You know, and the picture I get is God constantly, 24-7, is looking over planet Earth and just longing. You know, looking at seven billion plus people and he's just longing. For everybody to know him. He's the rescuer. You know, uh, Danny and I, um, most Fridays, him, Danny and I have lunch together. Danny's the, Danny Meyer, the senior pastor. And, uh, and, and we typically go to a place in Polaris, uh, a restaurant called Quaker Steak and Lube. You know, uh, another amen, sort of. I mean, it's a, uh, a bit of a health food place. Uh, a lot of Birkenstocks. A lot of vegans. Sort of skulking around. No, but it's a. Uh, oh, okay. I'll get some. Oh, I won't look at some people. But uh, <laughs> but we've gone there a lot. Uh, you can't, but and, and and I would say in probably the I don't know ten twelve times that we've gone there, and this is not exaggerating. I'd say four or five times whenever our server comes up 
to the table, I would get a word for them. And what I mean by that is God would sort of impress something on me for them. And uh, about a month ago, Danny and I were there, and we sat down, and this petite gal comes up. Hi, I think her name was Caitlin. She came up and she said, uh, hi, my name's Caitlin, I'll be your server. And I turned and looked at her, and I'm not exaggerating. And, it was, and when I looked at her, it was like everything in the restaurant stopped, right? It just stopped. And for a split second, I'm looking at this young gal, and it was like, and I don't know how, to, this will sound crazy, but it was like I saw this, this presence swirling all around her. And it was like, and, I, and here's what I heard God say, I love Caitlin. And boom, it was gone. And I'm just looking at her and I said, uh, two diets, please. Right? Because uh, I'm a disciple. And, but, <laughs> but as I turned back and Danny was saying something and I was nodding, but I was thinking in my mind, that's weird. Why does that always happen when we come here? And I, and I literally felt like God leaned in and said, hello. That's because I'm pursuing every person in this restaurant. Right, and, and literally, at the end of the meal, she came, you know, she gave us the check, and, and she leaned in, and she said, you know, I just want to thank you guys. It's just been, it's just been really fun to, to serve you. You guys have been so kind to me. And I'm like, I, you know, I can't even think of how we were kind. But I said, well, you know what, Caitlin? And I shared the picture with her, and Danny got a word for her, and she just stood there and just took it all in. And then she said, oh, I better get back to work. And, and here's the thing. Do you think that conversation helped Caitlin take a step closer to Jesus? Well, of course it did. I know it did. But what was our partner? We weren't the Savior. And this is what I love about being a disciple and making disciples. It's, it's recognizing, it's just, our part is just to listen and do and give away and say what the rescuer, the pursuer that knows Caitlin, our part is just to listen and give it away. It's just to partner with him. Right? It's, that, it's really that simple. It's just listening. How do I say that? You know, and giving it away. But here's, here's the second thing that I think holds us back is that we question the power of what we have to give away. Um, uh, last, on Friday, I had lunch with a friend, and I do a lot of food evangelism. But uh, <laughs> I'm wearing a corset. <laughs> it's hard to breathe. <clears throat> but uh, I had lunch with a friend, and I've known this guy for years. And guy in the church. And as we had lunch, we were catching up. We haven't seen each other for a little while. And he was sharing, like, the last two years of his life, and I won't give details, but the last two years of his life have been really hard. Just lots of hard things. And as we were talking, and, and uh, I shared with him, you know, because over the last couple of years especially, him and I have had lots of conversations, both here at the church and on the phone, I've prayed with him oodles of times. You know, I've just tried to point him to Jesus and, you know, and, 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 you know give away what God's given me. And, and I said to him on Friday when we had lunch, and, and I told him about what I was preaching on this week, and I said, you know, I've got to be honest that there were so many times after I prayed for you, so many times after we talked on the phone that I, when I would hang it up, I'd go, man, I wish there was more I could do for this guy. Because from my perspective, nothing was happening. Right? He was still in the hard, hard situation. And don't you find, I think we, the struggle with, with you, know, uh, 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 the, you know, believing in what we have to give away or having confidence in what we have to give away, the struggle is that, I don't know about you, but I'm, I am addicted to uh, immediate results. 
if I don't see, you know, hey, Jesus, boom, if I don't see a, if I don't see a response or a result right away, I question the process. I question the power. And, and here's something that I find really interesting, again, with this Matthew 28 passage. You know, before Jesus told his disciples to go, he said this. This is verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Right? The word authority there is a Greek word. It's uh, exousia. I'm not sure how you say that. Exousia. And what it means is, is the power to act. And basically Jesus is saying, you know, I have been given you know, all authority, the power to act, the, uh, the jurisdiction over all heaven and, and all earth. And, you know, and as we look at the Gospels and stories about Jesus, we see examples of his authority. And like, remember, there's, there's stories in the Bible where Jesus is, is teaching, and it says that the people marveled at what Jesus said. Well, why is that? Oh, because he was just so funny. Is that why? Oh, he could just, wow, he's a great storyteller. Is that why they marveled at his teaching? No. It, what they say? It's be, they said it's because when he teaches, he's different from all the other teachers because he teaches with authority. When he talks, it's like, boom! It just, it just, it cuts to the heart. Or we see all through the Gospels, Jesus having authority over sickness, over Satan, over demons, over death, over sin. See, when he says to his disciples, when he says to us, I've been given all authority over, you know, uh, uh, I've been given all authority, uh, let me say that again, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go, because I have all authority, you go now and you go do the mission. And here's the picture I get. I finally saw the new Star Wars, and don't worry, there's no spoiler in this if you haven't seen it, but there's a, there's a scene in the movie where the, uh, the rebels, I think, are going up against the bad guys, I, I, I can't remember who's who, um, but they're, but they're going, all their X-wing fighters, they're flying towards this base, and there's something that needs to happen in order for this mission to be successful. And there's some people at, at the, you know, the enemy's base, and they're trying to knock out their defense shields. Because if they don't knock out the defense shields, these guys you know, are going to come and attack, and it's going to be useless, right? When Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, basically what he's saying is, Disciples, I have stripped the enemy of his defenses. I have taken down his shields. So now go, do the mission. And as you, as you give away what I've given you, as you shoot, at, you know, do the mission, it's going to be effective. It's going you know, it's, it's to do what it was intended to do. And the power, what he's given us to give, his story and our story that's mixed in with his story, all that he's poured into us is powerful. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Why does the good news, why does the story of Jesus, why, when we give away what he's given us, why does it have so much power? It's because it's true. It's true, and so when you just go out in in, in your sphere, the people you know, the people that you see all the time, and as you just share your life with people, whether it's eloquently or however it comes out, as as you declare that truth, as you declare the good news, as those people hear it or experience it in an action that you do, you are literally releasing, you're releasing the saving power of God into that person's life.
As I sat on Friday, Friday and had lunch with my friend and, you know, sort of bemoaning, man, I wish I could have done more, or, you know, or helped you more, he went on to tell me, oh, you have no idea. Yeah, it's been a struggle, but in the last two years, God has become so real to me. He just told me about all the steps. I know that he loves me. I've been experiencing this and that and this. He just went through point after point <clears throat> of how God has moved in his life. When God says go uh, and make disciples, he has equipped us with the message that planet Earth needs. And it is powerful. So I need to wrap up. Number three, getting in the game, what holds us back. Number three is staying in the game. So how do we stay in the game? You know, how do we stay in this for the long haul, this lifelong process? Well, it's really simple, <clears throat> but it's also really hard. Is that we have to make it a goal to work out every day. I don't see any other way around it. You know, it's, it's, we can't just be disciples. We need to do the, the discipling. It, it's going to take activity. It's going to take a choice in our part. But can you imagine? Here, here's, a, here's, here's an exercise that I want to encourage you to add to your daily routine. Could you imagine if you get up every day or throughout the day, and if you say, okay, God, if this is true, that's something I say a lot, if this is true then, if you live in me, Holy Spirit, and if you 24-7 are longing for everybody to know you and you're pursuing everybody, you're working in everybody's life, well, if that's true, well, then I, what I'm, you know, uh, I'm giving you today and I'm asking you, show me. Show me who to disciple today. Simple, simple prayer, right? It's like discipleship 101, right? Show me who <clears throat> to just, Come alongside and encourage. Show me the person at work. Show me the person at school. Show me the, you, you know what I mean? Like, just show me. And here's the thing. This isn't, this whole thing of discipling, this whole thing of receiving from God and giving away what he's given us to make other disciples, it's not our idea. It's his idea. It's his plan. And you know what? I promise you, if you'll start doing that, I promise you that he will start showing you people. Like, and, but like any new habit, any healthy habit, don't just try it once. Yeah, it didn't work. I tried it once, and it didn't happen. Don't just try it for a week. Commit to a month of every morning praying that prayer. Right? Practice here. What a great, you know, gym to work out on. This is pretty safe. T well, pretty safe. <laughs> this is a, but practice here. When you come to church, when you go to small groups, say, Holy Spirit, show me the person that I can disciple today. We're worshiping. Look around the room. I bet that he will point someone out to you. Like, and he can be really creative. I've had times where I've looked around the room and all of a sudden a person just got really big. And I'm like, whoa, that was weird. Well, yes, it is weird. But son, you're kind of weird. And I'm trying to get your attention because <laughs> I know you'll pay attention to those things. But just start here. It could be just a smile. It could just be, hey, good morning. Man, I'm glad you're here. It could be pray for someone. It could be, there's just no, it's just, there's no limit to what it could be. And here's the thing. As we do that, as, as we pray that prayer and then step out, right? Be disciples. Uh, what I can guarantee is that it is going to light a fire in you. It is going to crank you up. You're going to look forward to going to church. You're going to look forward to going to small group. You're going to even look forward going to work thinking, what's God going to do today? Right? I really believe a spirit of adventure will consume you. 
You know what? Because, uh, because you're doing what he made you to do. It's like a bird that's sitting in a cage, just sitting there. It's kind of a drag being a bird. And then someone opens the door and whoa, you go, wow, this is awesome. Right? You're going to discover what you were made for. Ephesians 2.10 says this. <clears throat> for we are God's workmanship. Uh, that's not the right verse. That's the Romans one. But, you, but I'll read it out to you. Ephesians 2.10. <laughs> no, that was, did I, was my outside on my inside, or my inside on my For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, we're called to go, not to stay. And I believe that there's, that there's, that there's just so many of us are bored with our faith. It's because we're not going, right? It's like we get, you get how many? 50, 60, 70, 80? We got a little chunk of time on planet Earth to be disciples. And then we get eternity to, you know, to kick back and play hockey. But, <laughs> but like, I guarantee what, what so many of us need is, is, is to get in the game, right? Let me, let me read a story that I think demonstrates this so well. This is from Bonnie Jones, lady in our church. Many of you know Bonnie. Listen to this. Once, once in a while, I go to the Kosai restaurant in Worthington. Several months back towards the middle of the summer, I noticed one employee who was outstanding in her work. <clears throat> Long story short, I approached the manager about what a great job this young woman always seemed to do. He suggested I write corporate and tell my story, so I did. I wrote corporate, sharing how this one employee was always friendly, kind, <clears throat> and very great at her job, etc. I went into Kosai yesterday to eat lunch. It had been since the summer that I had been there. This young lady was at the cash register. Before placing my order, she looked at me and smiled. She said, you're the woman who wrote corporate about me. I remember you. I looked surprised. She began telling me how she went through a really bad time a few months ago, she actually went into a deep depression and quit her job and was ready to end it all. She was a hot mess, her words. <clears throat> she began to then share with me that her manager, way to go manager, had printed off what I wrote to corporate about her. She actually framed it and hung it in her bedroom. When she was really down, she read it over and over again. According to her, that letter helped save her. She sought help, got her old job back there at Kosai, and was doing well. We briefly chatted, then I ordered. After I ate my lunch, she was cleaning off tables. I got up and hugged her. I prayed for her, and knowing Bonnie, and prophesied over her at Kosai. I got all choked up, and she wept. As I departed the place, she said, Thank you so much for taking the time to be kind and loving to me. Have a nice day. Now, how hard was that? And what I mean is, how hard was that to just ex to notice somebody doing their job and extend some kindness and encouragement? Right? That's all she did. It wasn't like, uh, ma'am, in, in Jeremiah 7.14, the Lord. She was just being bonny. She was just being herself, and she noticed that, and, she, and, and, I'm, and I know that the Lord nudged her. Whether, you know, there were, were there angels going, oh, no, but I just, I know it, right? I mean, I know, 
And I'm like, that is such a picture of discipleship. Bonnie was just giving away what God's given her. And here's the thing. I look around this room right now, and most of you I know. I know you enough to know that this room is a gold mine. There is so much. There is so much uh, 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 wisdom in this room. There's so much compassion in this room. There's so much just the story of God in your life. right? And, and what he wants to do in us being disciples and making disciples is just start sharing that. Just start sharing that with the people in our lives, the people in our sphere, the people we see every day as he nudges us and leads us. So here's how we're going to end off today. Why don't we all stand up? <clears throat> we're going to work out. If you, under your chair, there's no. Um, so I, <clears throat> JT's going to lead us in a song. And if you're a small group leader, I've asked small group leaders to help us out. If you're a small group leader, you want to just maybe step out from the chairs and let's have maybe, you know, a few people along the side and along the front. So if you're a small group leader, just sort of move around the room. And we had a ton of small group leaders last night. I hope we've got enough. Yeah, we'll be great. Oh, look at them all. Here's what we're gonna, we want to do to end off the service. Wow, that's great. There's lots of people here. Uh, as I was praying this week, clear as a bell, God said, I want to commission people. And for some of you, I think it's like a recommission. But I want to commission people to be my disciples and to make disciples. And we're going to end off, we've got like 10 minutes. Uh, and what we want to do is I've asked, I, I've asked our small group leaders to, as you come forward to them, and maybe you, know, maybe you know your small group leaders here, maybe you don't, but whoever looks nicest, kindest, we're just going to provide some time for you to come forward, and they're just going to bless you. Just a short prayer. You just, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to say anything. They're just going to, and basically what I've asked them to do is, is just to bless the gifts that God has given you. He's equipped you to be and make disciples. And I've asked them to pray for you that God in the days and weeks to come would give you opportunities, would nudge you, give you opportunities to start doing this. And, and then if God gives them anything else, I said, just just pray that over the person. But really, it's, they just, we just want to bless us to be what God has made us to be. Does that make sense? Re Boy, everyone's like, what's happened here? Mm. Yes, it does. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a prayer, and then when you're ready, just go up to someone. It'll just take a minute. They're going to bless you, and then I'll keep an eye on how things are going, and then I'll end the service off. Is that clear? Cool? Okay, good. Let me pray. So, Lord... Uh, Again, we thank you for your presence and we thank you for your plan. Father, I would never have done it this way. I would have done it myself. But you are a father who, who gives the work to his kids. He says, no, you do it. You do the work. Knowing that we'll mess it up. Knowing that we, we have so much to learn about how to be and make disciples. But you're okay with that. So I pray, I just pray in the name of Jesus just for your you're just that commissioning, that strong sense of your presence, that invitation to come. Let me show you how to be and make disciples. Let me, let me show you what you were made for. Or just come. I just pray for your power to be on all these prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. So JT's going to play, start moving around. Uh, if there's a big lineup at some people, look around. I guarantee there'll be someone else, but I'll keep an eye on it, and then we'll end off the service.
darkness starts to tremble by the light that you bring and when you walk into the room every heart starts burning and nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship be patient just be patient if you're waiting and we'll just take time we've got lots of time here but
if you're a small group leader and you know you're standing there why don't you guys you guys could turn and maybe and pray for one another and then we'll just go another minute or so and and uh, and then i'll i'll end off the service so You know, just think of this, as I was sitting there just watching, looking around the room and stuff, if we do our best, let's just say each day, to try to, you know, connect with one person, try this with one person, just think by the end of this week, hundreds of people will have taken a step closer to Jesus. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, the potential just with this group right here is just off the charts. Of how of the lives that could be touched and encouraged and blessed, and so let me pray for us, and, and we'll we'll end off the service. Lord, thank you for uh, for all that you've been doing today, all that you've been doing this morning, Lord, for uh, for the relationship we have with you, Lord, that you give and you give and you give to us, but you know what's best for us, so then you. Tell us, now give it away. Lord, I pray that there'd be a lot of working out this week. Father, I pray that as we just offer ourselves to you, Lord, guide us, help us. We need your help in this. We need your help to see what you're doing. We need your help to actually step into what you're doing and do something. Lord, but I pray uh, and I thank you that you are so patient with us in this whole process, this lifelong process of being disciples and making disciples. So I thank you for each one here. I just bless every sphere that's represented here, all the people that, that we're going to see this week. Lord, just come and use us this week. Pray for lots of opportunities. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, thanks so much. Bless you. And, and uh, lots of sign-ups in the lobby as you go. Men's conference, men, sign up. I guarantee you're going to enjoy it. And uh, bless you. We'll see you next weekend.